The first sheep that I was assigned to mount was the Wing Creek 100,000 sheep, which was particularly good because A, it had a whole lot of felsic and mafic volcanics, and B, and perhaps more importantly, it had a pub on it. Welcome to The Rocks Beneath Our Feet. In this series, five geologists talk about their years devoted to working for the Geological Survey of Western Australia, from understanding early life to the tectonic processes that shaped our planet and making the maps that unearth our understanding of Western Australia's geology. They reveal their shared passion for discovering the stories in the rocks beneath our feet. I'm Julie Hollis. In this episode, Hugh Smithies talks about the scenic beauty and some of the challenges of geological mapping in the Pilbara. Tell me about the Pilbara then. Gee, the Pilbara. If there's ever a place to go mapping, um, certainly at that stage, and to see the most amazing Archean geology and the most amazing scenery, then, um, then the Pilbara is the place to be. As an Archean greenstone belt, it, it's certainly different from the eastern gold field. So, you know, when I was told I was going to go back and work in the Archean, I thought, oh, no, uh, not more of the Yulgarn. And, and you get up into the Pilbara and it's anything but. It's exposed, beautifully exposed in places. Uh, there's topography. And again, it's just this lovely bush. It's even got creeks and they've even got water in them every once in a while. <laughs> From the scenic perspective, it's just absolutely glorious from the geological perspective, particularly at that stage, apart from the sort of the seminal work that Arthur Hickman had done up there. From a lot of perspectives, it was essentially untouched. It was just like a lolly shop mm-hmm. for a geochemist. Wherever you went, there was something new, there was something interesting. Yep. Yeah, just great. Yeah. The first sheet that I was assigned to map was the Wind Creek 100,000 sheet, which was particularly good because... A, it had a whole lot of felsic and mafic volcanics that hadn't been looked at in any detail from the geochemical perspective, and and B, and perhaps more importantly, it had a pub on it, um, and so it really did satisfy all my loves, loves in fact. So I spent a lot of time at the pub, I mean, in the field. I was going to ask if you have any um, field stories that you wanted to talk about, particularly from the Pilbara, given that we've been talking about the Pilbara. There's plenty I can't talk about, <laughs> uh, even more that I shouldn't talk about. <laughs> a lot of those, as you probably guessed, have the Wim Creek pub involved. But um, <laughs> no, that was a that was a godsend. It really was because um, it, it literally was right in the middle of it. So the Sherlock sheet is the first sheet I mapped in the Pilbara. The top third of it was coastline and mangrove. Oh. Fantastic fishing. Oh. Threadfin salmon sort of, you know, 40-centimetre long threadfin salmon. You just... Toss out a bit of bait and you're, you're virtually guaranteed of catching one. And then there was the Wim Creek pub was right in the middle of it, so you're never too far away from the Wim Creek pub. And, and, <laughs> and it was always open to um, <laughs> It's always open to us. You know, you'd be out and out crop, particularly hot days, and you'd just come mid-afternoon, the flies were bugging you and, and, and you know, the rocks weren't treating you nicely. You couldn't understand what the hell was going on. And there was a number of occasions when I just yelled, and just looked sideways at the field assistant, Pete Boner in this case, and he'd look back and we'd just both collectively nod without a word, walk back to the vehicle, jump in, Wim Creek pub. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of, of a day's work, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, 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 if the bosses are looking, we got to the Wim Creek pub at approximately 5 o'clock. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Knock-off time, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah most of the other the stories from the Pilbara really relate to the beautiful places that we've managed to get to. You know, your you, you brief when you're assigned to map 100,000 sheep is to try and go everywhere. 
you want to see all the rock as much as possible anyway. And, and the Pilbara is locally quite a rugged landscape. And so you've really got to plan your routes quite carefully. And you know, there, there must have been numerous areas that we got into that, we've, that probably no one else has ever got a vehicle into before. And, and, and you spend a lot of time carefully trying to get the four-wheel drives in there and carefully trying to get them out. But it takes you to some some absolutely wondrous places. We've, we've come across natural springs that are just teeming with the with the native perch up in the Pilbara. Mm. Just some absolutely wild trails that we've managed to blaze through the country. Um, managed to do a bit of damage to some of the vehicles in doing so. Um, obviously, try and minimise that because it's your it's your lifeline out out of there. Yeah, and yeah, you seldom go on a significantly long field trip without getting into a couple of, of absolutely horrendous bogs. And, and and up in the Pilbara, when when it does rain. And you get out on those, um, you know, on the, the greenstones. We really have got a clay surface, and, and if you drive into them and they're really wet, then you don't drive out of them very easily at all. And, and I've had a number of a number of occasions where we've had bogs that that have taken us literally a whole day to get out of. Yeah, it's very draining. It's it's extremely time consuming and, and energy zapping. Yeah. You know, it's when you really appreciate having a good field assistant yeah, with you. Absolutely. And very good, well set up four wheel drives and good equipment. Yep. It's worth it's waiting gold in those situations. Mm. But they're also quite fun. They become challenges. Yeah. Well, the first one does anyway. <laughs> one particular one, one that sticks in my memory, I, I guess, the most is on an occasion that I, I was stupid enough to go up to the Pilbara without a field assistant. So, again, it was pre op health and safety. Um, and I was mapping in the central Pilbara for seven weeks without a field assistant. That in itself, is a, is a strange experience. You know, loneliness creeps in and you don't even know it's happening. Uh, you start to change. Yeah. When you come out, people start noticing a difference in you for a week or so. Yeah. You know, I remember people turning to me and saying, have you been up there by yourself? think, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, is it that obvious? <laughs> yeah, but on this occasion, I got into one of these absolutely horrendous bogs. I first got into the bog, was about 3 o'clock that afternoon. I was digging all all evening till about nine o'clock. I, you know, had the vehicle jacked up as far as I could, and you know, trying to sort of free the wheels and pack as much. I couldn't get any rocks. So I was just trying to pack Spinifex under it, but it was so wet that I'd put the vehicle down again and just sink in. And and, and yeah, I, I, I was getting really depressed. I was, I was a fair way away from anywhere. Yeah. yeah, I was in radio contact, so there was no safety issues there. And I was probably 20 kilometres away from the nearest homestead and that's an easily walkable distance, so there was no safety issue there. It was just the depression in being so horrendously bogged. And what was really upsetting me was that the next day I was due to go into Port Hedland and I was going to catch up with Martin Van Crenendonk and we were, we were going to go out and get a few beers and go back to the hotel and, and, and watch the Bledisloe Cup, the, the rugby match against the Kiwis. Yeah. And that was at the stage when the Wallabies could actually win a game. <laughs> so that was a really, um, really, really golden patch in Australian sport. Mm-hmm. That's you know, a bit of ancient history there. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was digging until it would have been about 9 o'clock and then I, well, you know, I, I, just, curled, I just curled up in the cabin and went to sleep and first thing in the morning I did a radio phone interconnect with my wife and I asked her if she could contact the the nearest landowner it's actually a guy by the name of Colin Brearley he's still up there he's the he owns Indy Station fantastic fella and so Lynn phoned Colin and it would have been about six o'clock in the morning and probably got him out of bed just to tell him that I was bogged and sort of relayed my location and 
asked if it would be possible for him to come up and, and pull me out because I was just having no luck, yeah. absolutely no luck getting out. And so, yeah, he said, oh, yeah, no problems. I think I know exactly where he is. Tell him to light a fire and I'll see that and I'll be up there soon. And I, I thought, well, yeah, he's, he's going to be on his way soon. I'll give this one more go. I buried my spare tyre and tried to winch off that. I didn't think it would work because the ground was so wet. But but I did this and lo and behold, I, I got it out. And so I managed to winch it onto what actually turned out to be an, a sandy island right in the middle of the boggy patch <laughs> <laughs> rather than going the other way. So, in fact, I was out of the bog, but I was in a more dire predicament then than I was before. And, and as soon as I moved, I went straight back down again. Oh, um, but, but when I got out, I actually got on the radio, radio phone, and I called Lynn again and said, call Colin, tell him I'm out. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And, and so Colin said, oh, great, okay, I was just about to leave. I'll go back and have, break- have my breakfast. Yeah, then I, I took off straight back down into the bog. <laughs> <laughs> so back onto the radio. So, Lynn, call Colin, tell him I'm back in it. <laughs> so he got he got out there about an hour later and, and being the old experienced cocky that he was, he, um, without the winch, had me out of the bog in about half an hour. Easy, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing what a bit of experience can, how useful a bit of experience is in that situation. Yeah, so I got out of that and I managed to get to Port Hedland in time for the rugby match. So, so that was a good end to, uh, to the day, yeah. yeah. You've been listening to The Rocks Beneath Our Feet. You can discover more about GSWA by visiting dmp.wa.gov.au forward slash GSWA or find GSWA on LinkedIn and Facebook. If you like what you've heard, give them a follow.